Twitter podcast for music news, reviews, and tour announcements. I'm one of your hosts, Mike, and with me, as always, is the president and founder of the MCID fan club, Will. <laughs> Will, hi, hi, how you doing today, buddy? Uh, doing well. A little matinee edition I'm excited about. See I what, know. See how we can do in the daytime. How are you doing? Right. Your, your, your voice is sounding a little better, Mike. It sounds like you're yeah. coming, coming to some health there. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I still got a pretty nasty cough. It's moved down into my chest. Mm. I don't think I've had more than two hours of sleep at a time um, lately. So I got me some nice uh, cough medicine. We'll see if that helps out tonight. That's so, rough. Yeah, it's not fun. And on top of that, obviously, I'm a dumbass smoker. So, mm. you know, it doesn't uh, make for uh, a good mixture. But, hey, well, overall, I my energy. Yeah, I, I should have asked that. you uh, if you were. Uh, I forgot that you were sick. I should have asked you how you were feeling today for the pod. Oh, we you know, hey, I'm ready to go. We're so here. If I, if I start coughing a little bit, you know, I'll try to, I'll try to rein it in. But you know, hey, it is what it is. Well, I'm ready to go. Let's just put it that way. Let's this do is, it. This is the highlight of my week. All right. So speaking of, uh, well, speaking of nothing, let's just get it. Let's just get started. What's what's going on? What's going yeah, on so, in the news? Absolutely. So, I mean, things did quiet down after our pod on Tuesday with the tour news, but there were still uh, there were still some happenings. So, you know, Blake yeah. Shelton and friends announced a tour. Uh, if you're into that country dude, I, I don't I don't know what I was trying to say there, but he uh, announced an 18 tour date. What? Uh, Hitting up a BOK Center, uh, Billie Eilish, huge tour for 2022 early on, basically going from February all the way uh, through Europe in July or August, um, announced uh, tour dates, finally making up that show. She had to postpone in uh, Omaha twice, uh, playing Denver. Those are really the, uh, the the two closest places for both of us. Now, what, what do you think? Are you going to try to get tickets to it this time? Yeah, probably. Obviously, uh, my daughter's being a huge fan. Um you know, I will take one for the team and uh, and go. So, I mean, I, I can't. I'm honestly, I'm not a huge. I mean, her music's okay, but I mean, it's just not my cup of tea. You know. Yeah. So, well, I think it's going to be an instant sellout. So, I mean, good yeah. luck to you on that. Uh, right. She's, she appears to be bigger than ever now that she turned blonde and uh, that Vogue cover. Uh, so, even without releasing music, it it seems like in this down time of her she's gotten bigger than ever which is crazy uh, so it's going to be a massive tour in 2022 uh, lady a aka formerly known as lady Annabellum, before they decided to change their names due to slavery type names uh announced a tour this fall they're going to be at the amp i probably will not be seeing that i did see lady a a few years ago at cma fest no real need to see him ever again so i'm good there um, we had quite a few festivals in the last half of the week, none of them being Rocklahoma, uh, but Rockfest there right. in Wisconsin, which is happening in July, have made quite a few uh, uh, moves. Um, they got rid of Snoop Dogg, which I think is fine. They replaced him with Corey Taylor, uh, not Slipknot, which was interesting. Uh, they also added Phil and Silmo uh, performing a Pantera set, which will be great. Uh, they had to drop Bad Wolves because Bad Wolves technically is not a band right now. In place of Bad Wolves, they got the former lead singer of Bad Wolves, Tommy Vex, to perform. Um, they got uh, Pop Evil on one of the days. They also had to drop quite a few uh, different bands. Uh, their promoter uh, released quite a, a lengthy uh, statement on the Facebook page for Rockfest 
as to the changes that are being made, which is, I always enjoy seeing. And I'm, I'm glad that promoters out there, unlike Rucklahoma, are taking the time to let their fans be abreast of the situation. I mean, that's right around the corner. That's in July. We're less than two yeah. months. We're, we're less than two months to go to that. Um, it's a good looking lineup. Um, I like it overall. Corn, Ramzabi, Limp Biscuit, Stain, Corey Taylor, Danzig, Chevelle, Anthrax, Phil Anselmo, Motionless and White, Bad Flower, Pop Evil, Still Panther of Mice and Men, uh, Saint and Sonia, Tommy Vexed. I mean, it's a pretty solid lineup for uh, mid July in Wisconsin. So I think they should sell well. Oh, I agree. I mean, especially with the way festivals are selling right now, I think you could probably put out even a lineup that's, you know, weaker than that. And people are so, um, they're ready for live music. So, I mean, we're seeing festivals just sign, selling out left and right. So, yeah, people are gung ho. That is correct. Uh, Lollapalooza announced their lineup, and it's a weird one. Yeah. Uh, they, they got really weird on us for their lineup. First off, I, I stated last night that Journey had stated like six months ago that they were going to be in the Lollapalooza lineup and I felt there was no way that was going to be true well Journey is on the Lollapalooza lineup uh, go figure uh, they're like ninth on the lineup though which is very strange I mean they're after on the on the poster they're after Baby, Marshmallow and Alinium and then just uh, between Alinium and Megan the Stallion you see the word Journey so pretty yeah. strange uh, but the lineup uh, the, the mainstays Foo Fighters, Post Malone, Tyler, the Creator, Miley Cyrus, who's showing up everywhere all of a sudden uh, for festivals, The Baby, Marshmallow, Linium, Journey, Megan Thee Stallion, Roddy Rich, uh, some Brockhampton, Playboy Cardi, Young Thug. And then all of a sudden, uh, there's Limp Biscuit on the Lollapalooza lineup. Uh, for those who ever thought they'd see Limp Biscuit on a Lollapalooza lineup poster, I'm stunned. Um, a couple other names, uh, Modest Mouths, uh, Jack Harlow, Brittany Howard, Band of Horses, Jimmy Eat World, Jung the Giant, Angels and Airwaves, and then about 150 bands I've never heard of in my life. Um, this is a, uh, uh, they're going to be at full capacity. It's going to be 90,000 plus people. I have no doubts that it's going to sell out very quickly. Uh, Lala is one of the big four in America, and that's their lineup this year. I mean, that's, it, let me ask this. Is Perry, Perry Farrell still involved with Lollapalooza? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Is he really? is. I, I don't know how much input he has, but he's definitely still involved. I mean, okay. it is promoted by C3, who's like the biggest promoter in America when it comes to festivals. But yeah, Perry Farrell still definitely has a hand um, into the Lollapalooza bucket at this point. I just, I was thinking about this because I just think of the Palooza lineups when we were younger. And, you know, compared to, how it is now it just it just doesn't seem like it's the same festival now i know that you know you have to grow you have to evolve and everything like that but you know you look at these these acts that are on there and it you think back to you know even 96 which was i think probably a weird lineup with metallic yeah. and soundgarden you know it's just it's just not the same festival that it used to be well, even even more recent, if you think back to when this finally became a destination festival instead of a uh -huh. touring festival, like they were they still remained like those first five or six years in Chicago, they still remained very rock centric. And you can look yeah. at some of those lineups and they're freaking phenomenal. Um, and now it's just all over the place. It's a lot of rap. There's a lot of pop. I mean, Miley Cyrus, Megan Thee Stallion, Roddy Rich, and there's a lot of EDM on there and it, there's just right. not a lot of, there's not a lot of rock representation. I mean, Foo Fighters is the only band 
Um, we can we can throw in Journey, but Journey's not a lot of the Palooza band. Journey, Food Fighters is the only band there in the top three or four lines that's considered like what you would think Lollapalooza. Um, it's a completely right. different festival. I, I I agree with you. I, I thought you, looking over this lineup, I was like, this is a D plus type of lineup for Lollapalooza. It's it's not the same Lollapalooza that we are accustomed to. Right. No, that's what I was saying. I mean, do you think that that has to do with the you know the often cited rumor that rock is dead <laughs> i i think promoters have certainly decided that they're no longer they're no longer going to book rock bands at the top of their lineups i, I don't think there's any doubts about that um it's a it's a rapid edm and and if they can get some type of i don't, I don't not just straight up bubblegum pop uh, yeah but i mean when you think miley cyrus is now headlining festivals in 2021 like uh, I mean, I, I really don't know where to categorize her these days, but she comes from Disney and she was full pop um, like a decade ago when she got large. So yeah, rock is certainly has a to take away what DWP and Rocklahoma and some of these other indie rock festivals do or like Rockfest. None of these bands appear on any of these other lineups. Um, so they're like they are their own little world and the like the top. 10 to 15 festivals are not rock oriented festivals. That is for sure. That's crazy. It is weird. Well, all right. Well, I mean, it is what it is. I wish they would go back to doing a, you know, maybe a touring festival is not, you know, cost effective these days, whatever. But, you know, you long for the days of when, you know, what, what's coming around to your area, you know, being able to go see, you know, a Palooza or Ozfest you know, in Des Moines or Denver or wherever, and the chances that different bands are on different lineups. So I wish we had something like that. Absolutely. I I think the touring festival is is definitely dead. Uh, In fact, I mean, think about it. I I don't know if there is a touring festival out there. I mean, uh, Warp Tour is done, uh, Mayhem, and uh, there was another one that was like Mayhem. Monster is also done. Ozfest was to me the greatest, um, and that's gone forever. So, yeah, I, I think that the festival, the festival type tour, is, is certainly complete and now. Everything's a destination. Well, oh well, I guess. Oh well, we got to deal with it. Adapt to the times. Adapt to the times. So, what else the, you got in the news? Yeah, one of the other big four. So we got two of the big fours uh, lineups dropped this week. Uh, Bonnaroo uh, dropped a few months ago. Coachella already stated that they're not happening. Austin City Limits dropped their festival and then sold out both weekends immediately. 80,000 tickets each one. Uh, again, another strange kind of lineup for Austin City Limits. One of my favorite festivals in America. George Strait, Billie Eilish, Stevie Nicks, Miley freaking Cyrus, Rufus DeSoul, Baby, Erica Badu, Megan Thee Stallion, Doja Cat, Machine Gun Kelly, Black Pumas, Greta Van Fleet, St. Vincent, Modest Mouse, Phoebe Bridgers, Jack Harlow, Band of Horses, John Party, Bleachers, uh, all at the top of the lineup there. I was surprised by this lineup, especially seeing George Strait right. at the top of it. I couldn't believe that, but uh, it worked. It didn't matter because uh, you got Billie Eilish on there. Uh, I imagine there'll be a lot of George Strait fans there who, I mean, there's not a lot of other country on here for George Strait fans to really wrap their heads around. I think I saw yeah. like a, uh, I'm trying to look at the Tanya Tucker is on there, um, but there's not much else on there for George Strait fans to really wrap their heads around. So uh, I was surprised to see that it sold out so quickly. 
but you know, people who like to see who want more females at the top of lineups. I mean, Billie Eilish, Stevie Nicks, Miley Cyrus, the baby is a male. Never mind there. Erica Badu, uh, Megan Stallion, uh, all females at the top of these lineups. So massive. Uh, you know, if you've never been to Austin City Limits, last time I went, it was a freaking A plus lineup. Uh, it was yeah. nothing like this lineup whatsoever. So again, just. It you know it's a pandemic year and maybe festivals are just having a hard time and apparently but judge off of how fans are reacting and just scooping up all the tickets it doesn't really matter like you stated uh, people want live music so they're just mm -hmm. going so who right knows? some semblance uh, of normal so yeah just a little bit of normal um, another lineup uh, a little bit more um, in our realm but maybe a little bit too extreme for us Psycho Las Vegas announced their full lineup. Uh, that's happening, obviously, in Vegas at the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino, August 20th through 22nd. Uh, Danzig, Emperor, and Down are the headliners there. Obviously, I'd love to see Down. Yeah. Uh, also on the bill, The Flaming Lips, Cannibal Corpse, Thievery Corporation, Exodus, Jizza, Mayhem, uh, Satricon, Ty Siegel, Waltane, OCs, High on Fire, Amigo, The Devil, uh, a Nebraska Band, Cursive on there. Also, I Hate God and quite quite a few other bands. Uh, tickets still available three day GA two ninety nine plus uh, fees. The three day VIP is sold out at six hundred dollars, and the pre party is also sold out. So, an interesting little lineup there. Obviously, I, there, there's enough there that I could probably have a really good time and maybe check out mm -hmm. some some bands I've never heard of uh, because there's there's a lot of really heavy metal on this build by the looks of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's really the only one on there I think that I would want to see us down, but. You know, with them may playing this festival, maybe we could get them at Rocklahoma. So I mean that's that's the hopes, right? I mean that's right. that's two that's two weekends before Rocklahoma. So yeah. I mean, why not? August twenty to twenty second for Vegas. No reason why Down can't come and show up to Rocklahoma once Rocklahoma uh, finally announces a lineup. And then I think the very last one here for festivals is Riot Fest. Announced their daily lineups, um, and my computer's not allowing me to go to it. Uh, but I, I believe that festival also sold out. Um, Nine Inch Nails was headlining on Sunday, along with Machine Gun Kelly. Um, that day sold out. Uh, Run the Jewels is headlining Saturday night. Smashing Pumpkins uh, headlining Friday night. They announced a few other additions from their initial drops. Uh, but, you know, it's a pretty good, eclectic, punk, rock, metal uh, type of lineup out there. Yeah, it is. I mean, let's see here. I just got to it. So, looks like the only one that's sold out is Sunday so far. So, which Sunday night's the night that, well, I guess Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, Sunday night with Nine Inch Nails and the odd uh, Pixies, but also I think that's Machine Gun Kelly too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Saturday would be good, though. Run the Jewels, Faith No More, Dropkick Murphys, Rancid, um, Taking Back Sunday. That's a good one. Boston. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. That's a good day right there. Yeah. I like that one. That's good. So that's all the festival news. I guess we did just talk on Tuesday. Yeah, that's so. that's that's a bunch of festival news for only what four business days. And so yeah. we'll we'll see what happens uh, this coming week. Again, the two of us are patiently waiting. Um, yes. for Rock Oklahoma to announce something. Uh, Blue Ridge announced a couple other bands. They announced Rise Against and Mastodon. Rise Against is going to be one of their 11 headliners. They still haven't announced their top two bands. I think they have three of their 11 headliners still to be announced, but also like five of the top 20 bands 
uh, still to be announced. But uh, their their lineup is like we've stated each of the past two weeks. Uh, their lineup news is really, really, really slowed down. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're still announced. I mean, Rise Against the Mastodon are two really good additions to an mm-hmm. already stacked lineup. And so I think there are around 128 bands announced overall. So they're still doing a good job. Yeah, I mean, if, if it was only closer. <laughs> yeah, if it was only closer. This, I think, knows. would be this would be the festival to go to. Yeah, I if, agree. If, if it all works out. So, yeah, it looks like three of the top six haven't been announced yet. So, with your three being announced for Five Finger Death Punch, Limp Biscuit, and Shine Down. So, shit, even then, I mean, four of the top nine haven't been released. There's yeah, a lot. It makes, yeah, it makes, it makes you wonder, like... I mean, I've just never heard of a festival not announcing their top headliners. And to me, right. when I when I really think of what the what the silence of Rocklahoma is, to me, it just comes down to the headliners. Rocklahoma, in my mind, hasn't found a proper trio of headliners because you always go with your headliners, and then you can fill in the gaps after that. Um, but if you can announce those three headliners, they're going to sell the tickets. Um, and I. To me, that's what the issue with Rocklahoma is right now is that they haven't been able to book three headliners, regardless of what the rest of the lineup looks like. And Blue Ridge is over here like, all right, fuck it. We're just going to announce all these other bands and yeah. we'll fill out the headliners later. It's a very backwards way of announcing festivals, but it seems to be working for Blue Ridge at this time. Did you see the cost on tickets for that? Uh, I did a few weeks ago, but that, they're pretty good, right? They're like 180 for four days for yes, a four-day yes. general admission. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. That's cheap. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's less than $50 a day. It's, that's 45 hey. bucks a day. I just did the math in my head there, Mike. Good, good job. Good job. <laughs> well, compared, uh, to the two, compared to the 299 that they're charging for that festival in Las Vegas. Yeah. No, I mean, $45 a day for what they've provided to us so far. I mean, you have to think for those who have the tickets, they've already got their money's worth. And oh, they, yeah. know that, they know that bigger bands are still to come. I mean, $45 a day, as our partner uh, trade just told us, he, he purchased Shine Down lawn tickets um, yeah. for the amp here. Uh, they came out after fees, $29 plus $16 in fees. It was a $45 ticket. So yeah. to be able to get all these bands uh, for $45 a, a day to me is a great, great deal. And then, and then you were knocking me for not spending 100 bucks to see Garth Brooks. <laughs> That, that's another matter. good point. By the way, yeah, let's let's talk about that real quick. Garth Brooks Memorial Stadium went on sale Friday, uh, sold yeah. seventy thousand tickets in the first forty-five minutes. Ended up selling eighty-three thousand tickets overall uh, for a take of like seven and a half million dollars. Yeah, uh, absolute insane, insanity. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, he even tweeted out. I think that you know he's like, "Holy cow, Nebraska." Way to step up, you know. I mean, yeah, but all, uh, all his all of his stadium shows are doing that. It, it's it's incredible. They? Yeah, I mean, the Utah show sold out in record time. It was only fifty thousand tickets. I think eighty three thousand maybe might be his largest show yet, just due to the capacity. But if you look on the Garth Brooks page, every single show he's doing for stadium is is selling out, and they're selling out quickly. That's insane. I mean, I get it. He's the greatest country entertainer of all time. Blah, 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 blah. Well, I'll, I'll say this, and we're going to touch on it a little bit later. I don't get it. <laughs> it blows really? my mind. It's 2021. 
Why is Garth Brooks selling 83,000 tickets in 2021, two years after he performed in front of 65,000 people in Lincoln? Why? I mean, I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. It blows well, he did, my mind. What he did, five shows in three days or something like yeah. that, or two days, you know? And I mean, Pinnacle was what, 17,000 maybe? Yeah, somewhere in there. You know, so I mean, you know, you sell out that many shows. I don't know. I mean, but so all those people decided let's run it back. I mean, run it back. Let, let's run it back and let's see it outside of Memorial Stadium this time. It blows my mind. Yeah, um, it's wild. Do you think Kathy will give us? Will she come on the show and provide us with a no judgments here Garth Brooks concert review after it happens? <clears throat> I bet I could talk her into it. Let's do it. I bet, I, it I, bet I could talk it. I bet I could. We will have to obviously prod the conversation because she is kind of shy. Um, so, but yeah, I think, uh, we could probably, we could probably make that happen, but if we want to devote any time to talking about, I mean, we've already devoted three minutes about talking to Garth Brooks, but you know, well, I like some concert reviews. I want our listeners to once with concerts coming back, I want our listeners because we've had so much difficulty getting them to reach out to us in the first place. I want some concert, I want concert reviews, man. Give us some, give us like a three to five minutes. A concert review of something that you saw live recently. Yeah, hit, that would be up. awesome. Yeah, hit us up with it. you know that's got uh, this app has got a nice little feature in there where you can leave a voicemail message. Um, you know, tell us about your concert experiences. We'd love to hear it, and uh, we won't necessarily play you on air, but we could sum it up for you. I mean, <laughs> you know, no, I know no. some people. Some people might be nervous about that. You know, they're well, like, well, if- I don't want to hear my voice on. Yeah, if they don't want to be on air, we can certainly re- make that request. But otherwise, we'll we'll play it on air. I'm I'm all for oh, yeah. We we hit our 20 minute mark, so we didn't do a timer this week. So I just a uh, couple more news. Uh, Red Rocks is going to full capacity, Mike. So be on the lookout right. there for some potential shows. They're going full capacity on June 21st. I know that uh, uh, the band that plays there every single year, uh, Widespread Panic, has already announced a three date show there. I think they're going to be the first full capacity show there. But Wu Tang. Uh, your boys in Wu-Tang Clan with uh, Big Boy opening uh, is going to play with Ooh. the symphony, the Colorado Symphony, on August 13th, with, the day before Garth Brooks. That'd be a good double double night header there. Uh, go yeah. to Wu-Tang, Red Rocks on the 13th, go to Garth Brooks and Lincoln on the 14th. So that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, Morgan Wallen made an appearance this week at Kid Rock's Bar. I mean, what a stunner that is. Uh, Talk about two peas in a pod there. Right. Morgan Wallen, who's, uh, who's trying to get his life back together, decided to go to Kid Rock's Bar uh, to perform a few shows. So good for him there. He's out and about in public for the first time. Um, just a billboard chart uh, update. Uh, Moneybag Yo is number one this week, Mike. Who? Morgan Wa- <laughs> Moneybag Who? Yo. Moneybag Yo is his name. Moneybag Yo. Moneybag Yo is his yo. name. Did you say Yo? Like Moneybag Yo? Yo. Like, I think like that- a Yo Yo? Yes. I think that's part of a team. Uh, Douglas Murray I would be able to help us out a little bit more there where Moneybag Yo comes from. I think there's he, a team. He's a rapper. All, yeah, he's a rapper. Oh. He's a rapper. Uh, Morgan Wallen's at number two after 18 weeks. He's been in the top five all 18. And I, our entire duration of this show, Mike, Morgan uh-huh. Wallen's been in the top five with no radio airplay and no streaming opportunities there. Entire. And, and as an example, Eric Church, his album, yeah. Soul, after three weeks is number 74. I couldn't find Heart. It's out of the top 200. But Morgan Wallen's just hanging out in the in the top five this entire time. DJ Khalid, number three. Bieber, number four. Dua Lipin, number five. Uh, just a bunch of people we really listen to, Mike, here. Uh, Rod Way, 
Uh, number six, Young Thumb. Number seven, Pop Smoke. Number eight, The Weeknd. Number nine, our boy Luke Combs there. Number 10 after 79 weeks. Good for him. Van Weezer shows up at number 11. I meant to mention last week, and I forgot, that Royal Blood debuted at number 48, which uh, was yeah. a little surprising. Uh, they are no longer in the top 200. <laughs> they really? Took a, they, they took a swan dive after that. Good riddance. Goodbye, Royal Blood. I love the album. I'll continue to listen to it and support it as long as I have to. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Billboard. Gotta love it. Yeah, and that's all the news I have. I don't think I missed anything. That's that's it from Tuesday to Friday, Mike. Well, that's a lot of news. Yeah, that was a lot. Uh, and I think, you know, I, I thought one part of me thought we should delay until tomorrow just to get all the Monday tour news. But, yeah, you know, that was enough right there, 24 minutes. That's about as far as I want to go on news and tours and festivals. All right, well, while we're anxiously awaiting the news of the Rocklahoma lineup, why don't you fill us in on uh, your concert history this week? Concert is go ahead. No, 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 sing the jingle. Okay. Concert history. Concert history. It's with concert history. I I Yeah, I ended in that high pitch voice on that one this time. That was pretty good. Yeah, thank you. Stellar. Thank you. Where are we at? What do we see? I know there's a Rocklahoma in there. There is a Rocklahoma, 2013, May 24. Well, actually, you didn't go to that once. There's an, mm-hmm. there's another Rocklahoma in there. Uh, yeah. 2015, Godsmack, yes. Slayer, Papa Roach in this moment, Ministry, Nonpoint, the main guys. This is the rainout, right, with Lincoln Park? Yeah. And, okay, this yeah, is the rainout. my first experience at Rocklahoma. Yeah, so uh, Saturday was a bust. Uh, we had Link, Lincoln Park and Bullbeat uh, as the headliners. We had Scott Weiland over there on the second stage. Yeah. Uh, the rain came and the rain poured, man. It was um, it was a downpour. We had the unfortunate task of driving back to Arkansas that night. It was not a fun drive. It was also not fun sitting in the parking lot uh, for a few hours waiting to see if this would uh, go around us. It never did. Lincoln Park never returned. Scott Weiland never returned. Both of them rest in peace. And Volbeat has yeah. never returned ever since 2015. Nope. Uh, well, this th- now this correct me if I'm wrong because I mess up my years. This is the year we we came back the next day without the ladies uh, for <coughs> right. Breaking Benjamin and Tesla, but it was freaking yep. cold and the field was an absolute wreck. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. Okay, so that was that was a good Rockland experience. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, something like that. I mean, it was, yeah, it was muddy. I mean, we were covered. We had our rain boots on, and it was just a brutal, brutal time. As I Kathy rec- just walked in, all I'm going to say is 2015 Rocklahoma, and she just gave me a look like, uh. <laughs> uh, so. I, I recall of Mice and Men coming on stage about 15 minutes late and mm-hmm. leaving stage about 15 minutes early. I did enjoy, we got to see the winery dogs on Sunday, which I thought was a cool performance. Yep. And Queen's right put on a, a pretty good performance. Um, so there, I mean, there were some positives. I mean, Godsmack and Slayer and Papa Roach. Uh, that, that non, was non-point. Non-point, non-point was, was great on the second stage. A little yep. ministry uh, yep. also good. So there, that was something. Uh, so another Rocklahoma uh, show there, 2013. You did not go to this one. I think I only no. showed up, I think I only showed up to one day of 2013. I'm trying to remember. I think I showed up for the Guns N' Roses day. Um, I didn't have anybody to attend with Friday and Sunday. My buddy Rushing went with me to the the Saturday performance of Guns N' Roses. Uh, that was the Axl Rose only Guns N' Roses. I think Buckethead was on this this uh, part. I think I'm not. I don't know know for sure. But also Papa Roach, uh, Bush put on a great performance. Clutch put on a great performance. Uh, Rat was there. 
Um, Allison Chains performed that year, and I think Corn also performed that year. So I don't know why I wouldn't have gone to other days, but Allison long- Chains did perform that year because yeah. I went to the Allison. You Chains went to that concert, concert in at Pinewood Bowl. Yeah, there, there's a. Uh, I think that was the day before, right? Yep. Because mm-hmm. I tried to get you to come up for that, and you're like, "Well, I'm going to see him at Rocklahoma." Maybe I did go to. No, oh, okay. So I went to the first two days. Did not go to the last day. I'm, I'm right. remembering that now. I definitely saw. I definitely saw Alice in Chains at Rocklahoma because Hellstorm was also with that, I believe. Yep. Yep. Who's the and, third band? Bullet for my Valentine. Bullet for my Valentine. I mean, that's a pretty stellar go. lineup for Pinewood Bowl. That's a great lineup for Pinewood Bowl, and it was a great day at Rocklahoma as well. Even though I yeah. just stated that I didn't even recall that happening, but that's just my poor memory uh, failing on me. I went to day one by myself. I went to day two with rushing. Corn and Cheap Trick were on day three, and I did. I decided not to make the drive back to Rocklahoma for that. Mm. A little surprising. That's, a little surprising. Probably, probably, probably should have just returned back <clears throat> for day three. I don't think I really wanted to see Corn anymore by the time 2013 rolled around. I needed. I needed a few years break from Corn. Uh, there for right. a little bit. They were starting to really bum me out with their music. Yeah, I mean, there was quite a few years where obviously their releases were kind of just. Eh. Yeah, so I think I think because of that though, I also missed the opportunity to see Still Panther. So yeah, that sucks. But you know that drive that drive back and forth is not fun. It's pretty brutal. I mean, we did that a couple of years, and it was just yeah. yeah. I just I was asleep, you know, forty five minutes into the ride, if even might have been quicker. So yeah, a little brutal. Uh, to to continue on with my concert history, uh, Cinderella and Nelson. Lynch Mob was just set to open, but they did not show up. Cinderella Nelson, May 21st, 1991. Uh, the thing I recall most about this is Nelson letting us know that Barton Coliseum looks like a giant tit. Um, I was I was pretty enthused for Nelson. I was a big fan of their one album. Um, and Cinderella put on a decent show. I remember the drum solo. Uh, the crowd did the Woo Pig Suey chant. Uh, which I thought was a little strange. We left a little early, and I was upset at that particular time, but my dad, he needed to work, and I had to go to school the next morning. So there's that. That's what I remember from 1991. Skid Row, 1995, the Subhuman Race uh, Tour, May 22nd. Um, I was living in McCook, and I came back for this show, uh, and it was a dead crowd. I recall that. I attended with Bobby Tackich. Bobby and I, uh, I think I've talked about this. Uh, The crowd was so awful. Uh, that Bob and I decided to crowd surf to the front. A security guard grabbed me um, and tried to take me away, and Sebastian Bach rescued me, pulled yeah, me yeah. on stage, and then uh, made me jump back into the crowd, and nobody caught me. So that's what I remember about that particular show. Good times, indeed. Uh-huh. Uh, David Crosby, I saw May 19th in, in 2018, solo show by myself at the Brady in Tulsa. Uh, train in OAR. I uh, saw it at the Amp, May 22nd, uh, 2017. Train did a nice tribute to uh, Chris Cornell. And, uh, but the train was, I don't, I don't like trains, so that was about all I got on that one. Uh, Judas Priest and Saxon. I think I tried to get you to go to this with me. I drove up to the Stir Cove in Council Bluffs in 2015, May 20th, to see Judas Priest and Saxon. <laughs> you did not come and meet me. I went by myself, spent the night, drove back home the next day. Um, Why didn't I go? I don't know. I don't recall. I can't think back to six years. I don't know why you wouldn't go to see Judas Priest and Saxon with me. Right. A fail on your part, for sure. Yeah. There's been a few of those. Yeah, it's weird because uh, maybe it's because uh, the next day you were coming down to Rocklahoma. That's possible. 
Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, I bet I, that's I, what it is. That's maybe you're. Ah, oh, man. Uh, so I drove up to Council Bluffs on May twentieth to see Judas Priest. Drove back home the next day, and then the next day we went to Rocklahoma. That's weird. Yeah. No, no, no. That's one of those weird travel things to me. That is why Erica really despises my concert habit. Uh, Lucero, May 22nd, 2014 at George's. I've seen those shows a million times at this point. Uh, A great festival, May 17th through the 19th. I saw the Hangout Festival with Erica uh, and Gulf Shores, Alabama. We stayed on the beach. It was lovely. Stevie Wonder, Kings of Leon, Imagine Dragons, Group Love, Kendrick Lamar, uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, The Black Crows, um, Imagine, I already said Imagine Dragons. 21 Pilots were the very opening act. On one of the stages on this particular day, we didn't make it that early, so, but they were on the bill. Uh, really cool show. Um, Hangout announced this week that they are returning after a two-year absence next year on the beach. Uh, May 23rd, 2013. So on this date, eight years ago, I saw Hall & Oates at the Hard Rock Casino in Tulsa. Also wanted to note, Mike, I was watching a documentary or, or listening to a documentary. On this date, 1999, Owen Hart passed away at the Kemper Arena in Kansas City. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah. To one of the good ones, Owen Hart. Did you just take a drink? Yeah, I did. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I just poured one out for Owen Hart. But instead of pouring there it out, I, I just poured it down my throat. Poured it down your throat, right. Well, yeah, I'm doing, why waste? I'm doing a little, yeah, I'm doing a little day drinking, Mike. You know, nice. Me there. Yeah. Little Tito's? Uh, yeah, Little Tito's. Little Tito's. Little Tito's. Uh, oh, on uh, this weekend in 2011, 10-year anniversary, uh, Mike, uh, I went to, to Las Vegas with the wife. And on the 21st, we saw Romstein and Comba Christ um, at the Thomas and Mack Arena. Uh, fucking fantastic uh, show, 15,000 deep. Um, sold out, a bunch of Americans singing in German. And then the next night, we saw the System of Down reunion at the Hard Rock Casino in Vegas. A really great back-to-back night. Pretty awesome. Yeah, that was a good night. Yeah, absolutely. On this date in 2009, Mike, I saw Hinder. And hard, oh, Jesus back Christ. to back, <laughs> back to back, uh, at Riverfest in Little Rock. Uh, I didn't, I, w- I wasn't there to see Hindered. They just happened. Don't no lie, I, you were happened, there to see. They just Hinder. happened to be the band performed before Hart performed. That's that's all I can say about that. Um, on this date in 2008, uh, I traveled up to Columbus when Shane was living there to see Rock on the Range, the return of Stone Temple Pilots. It was yep. Stone Temple Pilots' second show back with Wyland. At the time, it was booked. It was their uh, return, but they ended up announcing a date before that. But a fant- take away the weather, uh, fantastic festival. Stone Temple Pilots, Disturbed, Papa Roach, the standard, the usuals, everything that you know about rock festivals, the bands were there. Um, yeah. It was cold and windy the next day. We were trying to stick around for the headliners, uh, Kid Rock, and Three Doors Down, and we decided to leave because we couldn't handle the weather anymore. So I don't think we missed anything there, but it is what it is. I actually flew from Rock on the Range to Little Rock. Erica picked me up, and we drove to Juanita's in Little Rock to see the Foxboro Hot Tubs. Now, who are the nice. Foxboro Hot Tubs? That is the members of Green Day and their side surfer band. Uh, and they put on a show at Juanita's. It was an absolute awesome show uh, to see Billy Joe Armstrong, Mike Dirt, and Trey Cool um, at Juanita's in Little Rock, a, a club that hold, it held about 600 people. Uh, they drank a lot of PBR. It was a drunken, drunken, drunken concert and made out with a lot of fans. I did not get to make out with them. I'm okay with that, but it was cool to watch. Um, <laughs> on this date in 2003, uh, I don't know why we went to this show, but we definitely did. We drove up to Somerset, Wisconsin 
uh, to see X-Fest. It was myself, Marissa, and Michael. Um, X-Fest was a radio show there in this in the, for Minneapolis. Um, Audio Slave headlined on one night. Uh, Ministry and American Head Charge headlined on the second night. No reason whatsoever this this should have been at a <laughs> amphitheater uh, holding twenty five thousand people with that type of crowd. I, I would imagine probably five to seven thousand people were there at the show. Um, oh, but really? it, was an, it was an okay festival for if you can think back to two thousand three in your brain. Uh, Audio Slave, Taproot, Ministry, Cold, Seether, Stone Sour, uh, Saliva, American Head Charge, Trapped, Some Forty One, uh, Theory of a Dead Man. Uh, some 41 uh, basically insulted everybody on the bill. Uh, they called Theory of a Dead Man. Nickelback Light is the mm-hmm. uh, one insult I recall. Um, but they were good. Stone Sour put on a great show. Audio Slave were obviously the best reason why we really went up there. But it was overall a pretty cool two days. It was also a camping festival. And it was cold. And we were not prepared for that in May in Somerset, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. And that, that is my <laughs> concert. History of May 17th through the 23rd. Concerts, 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 concerts. It's Will's Concerts, concerts. Nice. What was the dates on those? May 20th. Uh, the entire shows was May 17th through May 23rd. Okay. X-Fest was May 23rd, May 24th, depending on what you're asking about. Gotcha. Okay. I have one for May 25th, so we'll just wait till next week. Yeah, you got to wait a week, Mike. Got to wait a week. Jeez, because I have so many of them that I remember. I mean, there's a lot, but I just don't remember the dates. Well, thankfully, based off of this list that we provided today, you were able to tell us about the Allison Chains Hellstorm Bullet for My Valentine show. Right, because I was thinking about that. The only reason I remembered it is because, well, I remember going to seeing it, but I just, the date wise is because I knew that was the year that you said Guns N' Roses at Rocklahoma. I'm like, well, Allison Chains is there, was there then as well. So, yeah, that's why I remembered. Okay. Right on. Well, awesomeness. Folks, this is where it's going to take a turn for the worse. Oh, boy. This, uh, I, I sent you a text or a message, and I said, I'm going to have a hard time being really positive about the the podcast this week. Yeah. Because I asked why, and you did not respond. No, because I wanted to save it for this. I felt that your initial reaction was the best reaction to have. Okay. So uh, we'll just start off with uh, shitty albums from good bands. Um, this week, uh, I made the excellent choice of the 2019 release MCID from Highly Suspect. Um, let me tell you, I listened to this after some time due to my initial reaction of this release. I wish I could say my feelings had changed, uh, but it, they just got worse. <laughs> uh this this album is horrible it's absolute trash which is sad because their first two albums were so freaking good mm-hmm. and then they followed up with this um i i don't know i did a kind of a deep study of the lyrics because the lyrics <laughs> on apple tv you know i have an apple tv so when i'm on mm-hmm. apple music the lyrics scroll along beside it and uh I'm trying to figure out if he has a 12 year old brother because <laughs> that's, that's how well the lyrics were written on this album. I mean, it's just, I mean, SOS is not a bad song. Um, Arizona is not a bad song. Canals almost sounds like a highly suspect song until you really read the lyrics. Um, it's just, it's take it away. 
<laughs> I, I have nothing else to say about it. It's, no, it's it fucking is, garbage. It is not. Uh, um, what's it? What, what does it say with wine? How it improves with age? Or what's, what's the saying yeah, for wine? It's, it's like it's like a fine wine. Like a fine wine, it ages. Uh, they, uh, this uh, this album has not aged well. Um, it still is awful. The only two songs I agree with you on SOS. It's a pretty good song because there's that heavy factor involved. They have Gojira right. as the, yep. uh, the the guest on that particular song. But the only two songs that really I can somewhat tolerate is Fly and 16. But I think the only reason I can tolerate them at this point is because whenever I've tried to listen to this album, I always get through those two songs. So they're just ingrained in my brain because they're the first two songs on the album. And yep. then I just quit, it, it quickly just goes into a spiral after that. There's just nothing else on there. Uh, that I can really get into. Um, it's I, I was trying to think of the word I wanted to. I, I I guess I just go to chaotic. It's a chaotic album. Yeah. With not a real focus. I, I don't know uh-uh. what the focus is on this album. And you kind of see that because on three songs in a row, one song features Young Thug. The next song features Gojira. And the uh-huh. next song features Nothing But Thieves, uh, which are three completely different artists and I can appreciate some diversity, but you're asking a lot out of your fans to, to listen to this type of weirdness. Um, and it's just a chaotic, it's not a focused, well put together album. It was just poor in my mind. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, you know, and, and, and the follow up, you know, this is on the follow up of two, you know, very, I wouldn't even necessarily say mainstream rock albums, but they're very rock influenced albums. Mm-hmm. There was nothing like you know besides SOS and Canals. Um, there wasn't really anything rock about this album, you know. And I know that he's gotten sober; he's supposedly off the drugs and alcohol and all that crap. But I wonder if if he was just too far deep in you know he's I want to be a rapper or I need to change it up, you know I don't want to do rock music anymore. Blah 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 blah. But I'm all for bands evolving, but this wasn't an evolution; it was a fucking you know, de-evolution or whatever it's called. There was there was a de-evolution and an abomination. And it's possible yeah. that, you know, they toured for such a long time um, off the previous album. I'm thinking like two years. Because I remember yeah. they came to George's and I waited around too long to get a ticket. And that was like April of, I'm trying to think of what year we saw them, 2018? Yeah. So... That, that show at George's was April of 2017, and then we saw them on the same tour August of 2018. I mean, that's right. a long, that's a long, long, long tour. And it's it's possible, like you stated, you got sober as well. With all those changes, they just kind of, maybe they uh, just got kind of tired of their sound and wanted to try something new, and yeah. it just didn't work. It ended up shitty. Well, I know I've seen on Instagram that they're currently in the studio working on some stuff. So hopefully uh, it'll be more in line with what, you know, their fan base is. Um, you know, even though I think that 16 was like a number one song. But... Yeah, and I, I mean, I still I still like parts of that song. I mean, he's got a voice that can carry yeah. a, an average tune and make it uh-huh. pretty good. And it, it's a pretty catchy tune. Uh, you just got to wonder who their base is after if they held on after this particular album. Cause I know he definitely, he had, he made a social media post that based off of the backlash early on from that album. When yeah. It came out. So it's just a matter of if the fans 
can forgive one bad output and move on with them. And I, it, that remains to be seen. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, again, it's just, it just sucks because such a, such a promising band with their first two albums and um, just kind of see it, you know, instead of my crew is dope. Um, hopefully MCID doesn't turn into my career is done. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hopefully that's the case. Well, moving on. This week also saw the new release from 21 Pilots called Scaled and Icy. This is the sixth studio album from the Ohio, Columbus, Ohio duo. Let's say that not everything out of comes out of Ohio that's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of this album? I know you are a 21 Pilots fan. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of 21 Pilots. Um, I, I really enjoyed this album. It's catchy. It's poppy. Um, I, I, you know, I don't think it's as good as Vessels or Blurry Face, but I do think it's an improvement from the last album. Um, yeah. I, I, I listened to it a, a few times. I, I like a lot of songs. So just based off of, uh, I can't see my likes. I try to like these songs so I can remember which songs I do like, but, uh, I guess it doesn't go with my iPad. So I, I like Choker. Um, I liked Saturday. I like Mulberry Street. I like Formidable. I like No Chances. I like The Ender. It's short. So, you know, we. I guess we'll just talk about that for the rest of the time when it comes to reviewing albums. Yeah. It's a, it's a thirty-seven minute album, uh, eleven songs. But I, I, I think they do a good job. It's, it's very Twenty-One Pilots. I, I don't think there's a lot of bands out there that are like Twenty-One Pilots. So I, I appreciate that they're kind of just in their own little pop world spectrum. You know, in right. Yeah, it's at, at times there's not a lot there's not a lot of instruments on this album at times um but uh, they, they they do a good job uh, of and i i think it's going to be well received by their fan base um they, they don't go too outside what 21 what 21 pilot fans should expect from them uh, right. so I, I think it's something that's going to continue to grow with me i i, I definitely believe um, it's going to be probably a top eight album at this point uh, for the year for me. But I, I think with more time and listening to it, it I'm gonna, it, the, the, the tunes are so catchy. I think that it's just a matter of them getting in my brain. And, and I think as time goes on, the album's going to be even more well-received by me. So I like it. It, it. It's a good, good pop 21 Pilots album. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll start off. Obviously, I'm not a huge fan. Um my daughter loves them. Um, Kathy saw them, her and Kathy saw them in concert and both swear that it was probably one of the best concerts they've ever been to. Now, granted, Courtney hasn't been to a lot of concerts, but still. Um, so my first introduction to them was through her and the album Blurry Face. Um, I felt the way I, reason I liked Blurry Face so much is that there was a lot of different style of songs throughout that album. You know, everything did not sound the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you had your poppy songs, and then you had songs that weren't so poppy and everything like that. I felt this album was just a little too poppy and upbeat for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like the first four or so songs sounded like they were the same song. Um, that is what 21 Pilots does on a lot of their stuff. I guess, you know, their blurry face was kind of like their thriller, maybe. You know, um, that it's just it was just very unique. Um, overall, I'm not saying that I didn't like the album. I mean, I liked it. It was good. I, I liked the last three tracks the most. Um, Bounce Man as a catchy tune. Um, no Chances. Liked it. 
redecorate has a good message about making positive changes, but you know, I just overall, I like that. It just, it just won't, I won't listen to it a lot. You know, um, it's not like I'm going to hop in the car and put on this album as opposed to putting on blurry face. So. And I can agree with your daughter and with Kathy and let you know that absolutely in 2021, 2020, 2019, 21 Pilots is one of the best live bands out there. They, they, and to do it with just two of them, uh, it's very impressive. They've, they've really figured out how to put on a show in, in, and we've talked about this in the past. I, I started out seeing them. They were the t- the first band on a bill. Then I saw them at King's Barroom, which held about 1,500 people. Next place I saw them was at the Brady, which held, held about 4,500 people. Now they're festival headliners. And then I, I saw them at the Amp, which is about 10,000 people. And I finally saw them at the BOK Center, which is about 18,000 people. I, I think they've graduated to the big time. I don't yeah. see them falling down yet. But uh, w- I think when people go see them in concert, you get the connection uh, of what 21 pilots is um, and what they mean and strive with their albums. And I, I think so to me, when, when you see 21 pilots in concert, I think is really when you become hooked as a fan and yeah. maybe the, the album makes a lot more sense to people. And there's a lot more connection with the album at that point. They're just one of those bands that have a way of bringing their album to life really, mm-hmm. really well in concert. And I, I think that's what separates them from a, a lot of the other bands that are out there today. No, and I agree. I mean, you know, there's bands that, you know, I've seen uh, that I wasn't fans of. Uh, and then I saw them live. Avenged Sevenfold's one of them. I wasn't a huge fan of them until I saw them live um, and realized, you know, hey, these guys are pretty goddamn good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, maybe I do need to see them. And I'm not saying I'm not a huge fan. I mean, I, I've listened to some of their stuff. and and uh, But Blurry Face, I mean, to me, I mean, it's just... I, I hate to keep going back to it, but it's such a good fucking album yeah. um, start to finish. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it still sits for where we've, what albums we've uh, ranked this far, so far this year. And currently it's sitting number seven on my list. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think I'm a ride around the same. I'm looking right now. I would probably, I'm, I'm going to put them after the pretty reckless Mm-hmm. Uh, in front of Gojira, so I, I put it at eight right now as well. So yeah, right I've in that got same my, range. I've got it sitting behind Miles Kennedy and in front of a day to remember. Okay. So still ahead of Foo Fighters. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I heard I, I I listened to the Foo Fighters uh, album a, a few times this week. I, I think it's it's getting better. So yeah, maybe I need to give it another chance. But uh, I give it another chance because uh, after they uh, appeared on the Lollapalooza lineup and they were on that uh, Bottle Rock lineup as well, I was like, mm-hmm. let's let's take a few days to to remember what the Foo Fighters album is. So All I enjoyed right. it, especially whenever No Set of Mind comes on. I just I still love that song. Gotcha. All right. Well, on to what is going to be an absolute positive shit show. Um, it's time for the list. It's going to drive people crazy. I don't really know why I chose to do it, but <laughs> we're going to do it. But we're going to do it. We're going to discuss our top five overrated bands. Now, um, let me put a disclaimer on this. These are our opinions. Um, <laughs> so go ahead and hate on it all you fucking want. I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just let's just get to it. Um, 
Anything that you want to say before we do start? Uh, just that this was a really difficult list to make because I think there there's a lot of bands that can really be overrated. Yeah, and it, and then you had to kind of wonder like, well, I mean, as far as a band or artist, what does it mean to be overrated? Like overrated right. based off of what album sales, singles, uh, attention, awards, and uh, it was kind of. I, I came up with a whole bunch of people to put on the list. I, I moved around the rankings over and over again. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how passionate you sound like you're about to be passionate with this. I don't, I don't know how passionate I'm going to be with this list. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, because, okay. Because ultimately, if you like a band, it doesn't matter if they're over. That's true. I, I like a lot of bands that I know lip biscuit. I, I know are rated <laughs> bands. I yeah. don't care. Like if you don't like them, this, if it's not your cup of tea, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. Well, so, I, I, yeah, for me, how I did it was, you know, bands that I felt that everybody's like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. They're so great. And I was like, but why? What right. is so what is so great about this music? And I'm not talking about like one person that says Band of Horses is the best band ever. You know, I'm talking, you know, mainstream, well-known bands that people are just like, oh my God, I want to put my lips on a part of their anatomy. <laughs> it just yeah. Got, so we'll, we'll start real, real graphic real quick there. Well, you know, I, I well, I didn't not too graphic. I mean, I could have went out and just said, you know, slobbing the knob, you know, mm. pol mm. polishing the, the brass ring, whatever. Um, yeah. So number five for me is, which kind of sucks because I like this band. I like a lot of their songs, but they're not as great as everybody's always made it out to be. And that's Kiss. Okay. Um, you know, when you think about Kiss, the first thing you think about is the face paint, mm -hmm. the spe the spectacle, the songwriting, and everything like that are not that solid, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just where I'm at on that. Um, Strutter, Love Gun, great songs. Deuce, good song. Um, other than that, you know, this is a band that made its you know name on the spectacle. Mm -hmm. I agree. They they made the they they made a name off the the face the uh, off the face paint. It yep. came like comic book characters. We know how mm -hmm. people are with their comic books. They love them. Um, and uh, I mean, this is a guy. This is a band that really hasn't released. I think Psycho Circus was their last album. Uh, I think it's been twenty years. They just quit yeah. making music. Um, they're pretty suspect in concerts these days. I, I think Kiss as long as they've been around has always been in that kind of overrated type of list because they aren't real special uh, when it comes to the instruments right. nor are they special in the songwriting. So I think that's a, that's a fair top five uh, for my five. I went back to the one band that I know I felt was overrated when they were extremely popular. So I'm going to just put them in the list of the smashing pumpkins um, yep. In the '90s, they were massive with Siamese Dream, Gish, and uh, Bullets. Or excuse me, uh, Bull, Melan Bull, Melancholy. What was, what, yeah, there you go, Melancholy, Infinite Sadness. Um, yeah, I, 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 I always disliked Billy Corgan and his his voice. 
uh-huh. um, was like uh, nails on a chalkboard. And I yeah. don't recall anything about them. I don't even know if I listened to any of their stuff when Gish and um, Siamese Dream came out. So I don't even, it wasn't until Bullets with Butterfly Wings came out as the first single to the album where they really grabbed my attention. And granted, that song is a really, really good song. I like everything about that song, but it, it just, I, I, I never owned a Smashing Pumpkins album. Uh, I did go see them in 96, uh, mainly because the rest of the school was going to go see them. So I was like, fuck it, I'll go too as well. Uh, but I don't recall the concert uh, changing my mind about Billy Corgan and the rest of the band at that time. I, yeah. I was remembering, I was trying to think of when I was making this list, of like of what was it about Smashing Pumpkins that really just turned me away? I think it was... Uh, Billy Corgan, because I remember when I saw that Skid Row concert that I talked about, uh, I remember seeing that they were about to perform at that same venue and like in that same month or a month after. And I, I've always been a fan of concerts and I just did not want to see the smash. Like I, they had, I just had no interest in this band in the nineties. Um, and I've seen them a couple of times since then. It's one of Erica's favorite bands. It's one of Warlaw's favorite bands. It's one of Trey's favorite bands. It just never gravitated toward me. And they have a few good singles, but overall, I just never really got the Billy Corrigan angle. Uh, he just has always been a gigantic douche, um, mm-hmm. and I've just never thought his voice uh, was enough for me. So, in, yeah. in the grand scheme of the 90s, they just didn't do it for me. And obviously, I just don't think they've done anything since then uh, to be worthwhile. The fact that they still are a headliner <laughs> of festivals in 2021. No, I agree with you 100%. I've never been a huge fan. Um, I got really sick of that one song, that 1979 song that they kept yeah. playing all the time. Um, his voice is something that is, you know, nails on a chalkboard. So I totally agree with that. You know, they were an honorable mention for me as well. So number four, um, Sex Pistols. Mm. I never understood the hype. Um, only one album, and it's not even a good album, um, they get a lot of credit for you know bringing punk to the forefront, but I feel that there is a lot better punk bands out there um, that better describe the genre than than those clowns. Um, I, I don't I don't get it. They get so much credit, and the Ramones and the Clash and are just so much better. Bad Brains, so much better. Um, but. Yeah, it is. So the first two for me are kind of not really controversial picks, but I just feel that yeah, people get too, way too much credit to Johnny Rotten and the crew. Hmm. Okay. Uh, number four, I think, is going to be a band that's in your top three uh, based off of previous comments you've made about them. Uh, number uh, four for me is uh, is Radiohead. Nice. And the thing I'll say about Radiohead is uh, I am a fan of Radiohead. I've seen them multiple concert, multiple times in concerts. I think what they do with their albums are pretty unique. But there's not like there's not there's not like a need to listen to Radiohead. I think the problem with why Radiohead is overrated is because of their media darling status. I mean, every single music media publication out there fucking loves everything about Radiohead. And if you're a nerd like me and you get on message boards for music, it's Radiohead Love Fest, man. Uh, you know, I, I went to like six Bonnaroo's and uh-huh. the uh, the Radiohead performance we saw of them, I think in 2006, has always been knocked as the greatest Bonnaroo performance of all time. And I remember walking out with Eric after that show and being like, ah, I didn't, I uh, didn't, <laughs> that was kind of 
it was kind of boring. Um, and yeah. then it turns out to be, it was like the, the greatest Radiohead con. It was the greatest Bonnaroo. They're good. I, I like them. I think Tommy York is a unique lead singer. Uh, I think they make some good music. I just don't think they are as great as what the music media makes them out to be. So for that reason, I put Radiohead as my number four, most overrated act out there. Yeah. And they're, and they're my number three. Um, I felt maybe I was too hard on these guys lately or just in general over time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went back and I listened to OK Computer um, the other day and I fell asleep listening to it. It's, (laughs) it's so fucking boring. It's just like, you know, there's nothing on there that grabbed my attention. Um, And I listened to a couple of songs, you know, besides Creep, which was obviously a radio hit. And Mm -hmm. I like that song. Um, But I mean, it's just, I don't get it. And I think that's what it is. I think that the media and, and their fans do such a wonderful job of hyping them up and, you know, that, oh my God, they're going to be great. Awesomeness, awesomeness, awesomeness. But it's like you said, boring. So that's my number three. You, you said everything basically that need to be said. I've never seen them in concert. I never will. I wouldn't give them a dime. And the fact that they were on a festival that I was going to, I would probably skip it. Oh, come on. You would no, stick I around and at least see it. You no, got to be able no. to see it. Maybe the first 10 minutes. I, <laughs> well, I, yeah. just, I just can't do it. Give, give it some time. I just can't do it. Yeah, okay. I mean, I want to I want to say they're they're a good live band. They're just not great. If I if I'm making a list of my ten favorite live bands out there, Radiohead's not going to be on it. But I'll still see them. Um, it's just you have to be a little patient at times with their concert. And uh, the I've th- I think I've seen them five or six times, and they've never played Creep live. So the band that got me the song that got me into the band. Apparently, the band hates uh, yeah. the single, and uh, that is what it is. Uh, my number three is Beyonce, Queen Bay, uh, as they call her. Uh, uh-huh. I, I, this is another media darling type situation uh, where there are certain facets of the media, of music media, that just heap praise upon praise upon praise of Beyonce. She can do no wrong, but she can. She's. I, I like female pop singers. She's never been close to my number one uh, female pop singer. Uh, Rihanna, by the way, destroys uh, Beyonce in every facet of the game. Um, Beyonce, a lot of what I feel she does is very choreographed. I mm-hmm. think there's, I think there's a team that probably network uh, what she's going to do and how she's going to do it. And I, I think a lot of what she does is manufactured. And I just don't have, um, I, I just, I, I don't think. I think what she does is well thought out. Um, and because of that, she gets to tour stadium. So I'll, I'll throw that out there. I mean, yeah. uh, um, she has a lot of good songs. She's very powerful. I think a lot of her ideas are smart. I think if you watch her Coachella doc on Netflix, her Coachella performances is, is very, very creative um, with having a, um, a, a black university, you know, basically a pet band as her backup. When I saw her in Oklahoma city, um, her entire band and her dancers were all African-American uh, females, uh, which is pretty powerful for members of the audience, I would think, to be able to see. Um, so she gives out those type of positive messages. And I think a lot of Beyonce comes out, for some reason, she's become a political 
hot spot as well. Like conservatives hate Beyonce. And because Ooh. of that, liberals love Beyonce. And it's become this weird political machine with Beyonce where anytime she does anything, you have to listen to this political go uh, for and against thing about her. Her music just doesn't match her stadium tour personality. So because of that, I'm putting her as my number three Beyonce overrated. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. I mean, I, I didn't put her in my list, but I just, yeah, I don't get the hype. But then I don't listen to her music. So, you know, I watch the Super Bowl performance. I'll watch her when she's on TV. Um, she doesn't do anything that hasn't been done before. Yeah. You know, besides what she stated with, the, obviously, the all-female band and dancers and everything like that. I mean, that's cool. So big ups for that. But other than that, I think her music is just boring. Un, you know, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. Well, that song is outstanding. Who, Mike, let's who go. Rules ahead. The, who rules the world? Who rules? The, yeah. Who, who rules the world? Girls, I don't know girls, girls. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, just we, that, yeah, we we okay. nailed that lyric. <laughs> yep, we sure did. <laughs> um, number number two for me is is fucking Coldplay. Okay. <laughs> um. Nothing unique. They sound like a shittier version of Radiohead and U2. There you go. I mean, yeah. I just they, they suck. Big old donkey balls. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what to say it. I mean, I know it's, it's the hip thing to rip on bands like Coldplay and Nickelback and Creed, but there's a reason for that. They all suck. Yeah. Um, name me two good Coldplay songs off the top of your head. Uh, Fix You and The Scientist. And why are they good? Uh, well, Fix You, I've always been drawn to. Um, I just think it's a really positive, uplifting song. Uh-huh. Um, I think I think it's good lyrics. It's just a really, I don't know, it's one of those tear-jerker type of songs where you just flip it on. And I don't know, if you've ever heard my wife sing Fix You, it's like heaven. Uh, so maybe you need to hear Erica's version of Fix You, and that may change your mind. Uh, the Scientist and Clocks, I just really enjoyed the piano in those particular songs, um, and they're good live. So I'll go ahead and throw that out there. Okay. Um, Erica is probably one of those singers that she can sing the phone book, and she sounds good. I don't know. I I've never heard her sing. I've uh-huh. never heard her sing. Well, wait until I get her to sing the phone book to you. It's going right, to be sweet. special. Awesomeness. Looking forward to that one. What's your number two? <laughs> My number two, uh, I went a little bit more recent uh, here uh, because this is driving me wild looking at the Billboard charts every week. Uh, so I'm just going to go with Morgan Wallen. Um, I don't know what's happening here with Morgan Wallen. Didn't he finish like seventh in The Voice or something like that? Like why, how is this happening that this dude with a mullet uh, who finished yeah. like seventh in The Voice released a double album and country fans cannot get enough of them. I don't know. Well, I mean, we know, you know what's happening. I don't, I don't, I don't get what's happening. I mean, seriously, you got to know what's happening. You got to know that the white conservative nation is going to support him. They think they've continue to happen. We're on like month number five of this. Why are they still, what are, what are they still supporting at this point? He's not even making noise. How many out? How many weeks has you know the black album been in the top two hundred? You know, n- never mind. You know, I mean, maybe this guy, maybe we've not given him a fair shake. Are you, are you saying this is the black <laughs> album of white conservative radio? That's possible. 
I mean, I don't even know. I haven't listened to it. I'm not going to listen to it. I mean, you know, he's, he's got a fucking mullet, number one. Yeah. And number two, I mean, it's country music, um, which nobody's making, a, you know, really great country music these days. I mean. Yeah, but you think of the other guys, like uh, Luke Combs is much better. Chris Stapleton's much better. Zach Brown Band's right. much better. Eric Church right. is much better. Ace, right. Jason Isbell. Um, you can go uh, down the list. American Aquarium, uh-huh. uh, Turnpike Tributors, who I don't think are doing anything currently due to rehab issues. But the guy that's at the forefront of country music right now is Morgan Wallen, who cannot be heard on country music radio. Well, I mean, they got to support him. I mean, so you think you think if the N word is never muttered, if that video does not come out, you don't think he's still in the top five? Is no. that what you're saying? No, no, no. he fades. He fades away. There's no like way. everybody else, like everybody else yeah. did. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's uh, that's all it is, man. It's pretty strange. I mean, I I agree with you. I mean, I, I like I said, I've heard a couple of songs. It's boring. My nephew loves him. I don't know why. He, I mean, and he even, you know, he's the furthest from being, you know, in support of that type of rhetoric and whatnot. But he loves that album, loves it. And I'm just like, I I just don't get it, but. Who knows, man? I don't know. Who knows, man? <clears throat> Who knows? I mean, it's just it's the way it is. Without without that video, that guy's not he's not top two. Hmm. Even now, he's not top ten. There's no way. So yeah. Well, I mean it's time for my number one. Do you know who my number one is? Um, I'm going to go with you too. No, no. Okay. I mean, besides the fact that they haven't done anything great in the last 30 years. Um, <laughs> well, that was part of the, my reasoning behind that. The Rolling Stone. Oh, Pink Floyd. Yes. There you go. I just, you know, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, you know, I'll tell you a story that my dad made me listen to. I had never listened to their first album. And uh, my dad, uh, we we listened to it a couple summers ago, and I'm just like, "What in the holy fuck is this?" All it is is like you know sounds and pet sounds and animal sounds in a cave and crap like yeah. that. And I'm like, "Okay, I don't get it." But then you move on to the other stuff that they did without Sid Barrett. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't get the wall. Um, I get it's a concept and it's a prog rock and, and it's supposed to be great, but it's just, it's just, I don't, dark side of the moon. I just, I don't get it. I mean, everybody's like, well, listen to it when you're high. Well, <laughs> you know, I did that however many years ago and it still was fucking boring as hell. Um, <laughs> there's just no excitement about it, you know, and I want my music to, to elicit some sort of emotion. From me, it it should stir something inside me, and this doesn't. Maybe I'm dead inside, but Ugh. um, this is terrible. I mean, I, I, I a couple of songs. Wish you were here, great song. Um, money, okay, that's good. Another brick in the wall. I like Corn's version better. Um, <laughs> you know, I just I don't I I don't get it. Can someone please explain to me what makes Pink Floyd? quote unquote so spectacular can you do it 
Oh, man, no. I mean, I can't convince you if, if you've already stated that you find Dark Side of the Moon boring, the wall boring. I mean, I, I think the first few Pink Floyd albums, and Trey did uh, the run-through of the Pink Floyd discography uh, here in the last six months or so. Yeah the, yeah, the first few Pink Floyd albums are really, really strange and eclectic and very out there. and They're not commercially viable in 2021. And if people were to go see Roger Waters or David Gilmore or Nick Mason at this time, even though I think Nick Mason has done a tour for these albums, I don't think people are pining to hear these songs. It's definitely uh, the songs off of Dark Side of the Moon and The Wall in particular uh, that people are, you know, from the, the, the mid, uh, what, mid like mid 70s to like the early 80s was where they were they were just on top of the world that's what people want to hear and that's what people really move to when they when they think of pink floyd so yeah i mean they're a unique band and i think those albums are great myself but if you don't like them i cannot convince you right okay so i'm not missing something or maybe i am i'm just trying to figure out why 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 they're considered so great well is again this, we, is the songwriting is the songwriting special um i think no? I, I i think roger waters still puts on a fantastic performance even at the age of 73 in concert so you know perhaps we can point you to go see them in life uh go see roger waters live and if david gilmore ever hits the road again which i don't think he's going to uh david gilmore is a really great guitarist who surrounds himself with really great musicians um, I think that could maybe turn you, but if you are not going to go see them in concert, you've given the albums a shot. Uh-huh. Uh, the live albums do nothing for you. Uh, I got nothing else for you. I, I cannot okay. convince you to like Pink Floyd at that, at that moment. All right. Okay. Well, forever in my mind, they will be still the most overrated band in history. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. Moving on. What's your number one? Uh, my number one is based off of this past weekend uh, because it was blowing my mind. I'm going with Garth Brooks as the most overrated artist. Really? Yeah, I don't understand what's happening. Um, and this may just be based off the fact that he's on a stadium show tour in 2021 after basically a three-plus-year tour of doing eight shows in every single city. I don't know what people are going to go. Why are you, why are you going to see Garth Brooks in 2020? Why are you paying $100 to go see Garth Brooks in 2021, if if he's already came to your city on an arena tour in 2019 with no new music, he yeah. has not released like nobody has listened to Garth Brooks' new music past 1997. So this is we're talking about an artist who now is 24 years, and this kind of goes to Kiss as well. And in a way, you know, I'm speaking about Roger Waters here. If you're gonna go see Roger Waters, you're not you're, you're I mean, that's even farther back. That's in the 70s or 80s. And so these are not unique. I mean, these guys are not unique in their mind. But to me, I, and there's something about Garth that is just off. I think he's a master promoter, mm. a genius, a genius promoter. Um, and he uh, he has that aw shucks Andy Griffith type of personality and attitude, and he talks in a way that people gravitate toward him. Um, and I'm just curious if we're ever going to get like an Ellen DeGeneres or Bill Cosby type situation with Garth Brooks. <laughs> like it's, at some point, the other shoe is going to drop, and we're going to find out that Garth Brooks is really an awful human being. Uh, I'm not saying that he is. I'm just saying it seems all really weird to me. Um, Garth Brooks provided us with Chris Gaines. Uh, Garth yeah. Brooks has made Chris Gaines disappear off the face of the earth. 
And I, I think someone who does something like that, <laughs> yeah, I think there's something else there. Um, Garth Brooks there's is some not, nefarious activities. Yes. Like you can't just make your, your mistake disappear off the face of the earth. And he killed, murdered, he murdered Chris Gaines, Mike. Uh, murdered. One of the worst mistakes in the history of like uh, somebody who's more massive than ever. He decided to make what like a pop star alter right. ego known as Chris Gaines made a movie and an album and you cannot find this anywhere. Um, and that was in 1999. He retired shortly thereafter. Coincidence? I don't think so. Um, and then he's released some albums since he unretired. You know, Man Against the Machine in 2014, Gunslinger in 2016, Fun in 2020. Can you name me any songs off of those albums? No. No. Um, you know, he's he <laughs> married to Sherwood. Uh, he was married to Cindy Brooks, which tells me perhaps there was some type of affair there. That's not real good. I'm just saying, outside of the music, there's something going on here. I don't understand how you can sell 83,000 tickets uh, in 2021. It just makes no sense for that. Based off of that, the fact that Garth Brooks should not be on a stadium tour, selling out stadiums in 80 minutes in 2021, I'm putting him as the over, most overrated artist. It's very, very <laughs> well, fresh. Very okay. fresh. So, so, I mean, along those lines of what you're talking about, you know, I mean, then where do the Stones fall? Because the Stones still sell out stadiums. You know, yeah, where, does, would... where, does, where does U2 fall? You know? Well, U two still makes great albums in my mind, so we would just differ on that. Um, right. But I, I think I think the U 2s last three or four albums are all really good albums. Uh, the Stones would be in that. Uh, they're they're certainly uh, touring and hitting stadiums based off of their, the shit they did in the sixties and seventies. I mean, right. uh, again, like I stated <coughs> with you naming Kiss, with me naming uh, Garth Brooks, there's a lot of artists that fall into that realm. There's a lot of artists that tour arenas. Uh, who you do not go to see to listen to anything and they've released in the last 15 to 20 years. Right. And I think Billy Joel, who also tours stadiums, has not released an album in like 20-something years. So Garth Brooks is not alone in this. He just happens right. to be the most recent person of my example to put in this list. <laughs> you know what's funny is, as always, I, I look at other lists, other people's lists along the same categories that we're talking about. And it was surprising to me to see some of the bands that were named in this list. You know, you had your Pink Floyds and your U2s. And, you know, they had Jimi Hendrix in one list. Mm. Um, which, you know, if you think about it, and you think back to Hendrix's music, I mean, yeah, you guy's a fucking stud guitar player. But really, is are you going to hear just his catalog? Or are you just... Um, Nirvana, Nirvana was in that list as being overrated. Pearl Jam, mm. overrated. Um, mm. and Metallica, as well. Um, yeah, you know. I mean, so I mean, with with Metallica, I mean, the the vitriol that Metallica has for their releases after the Black Album, Load, Reload, Saint Anger, yeah. uh, Death Magnetic. Uh, uh, not really great and so no. it, it makes sense that at this point they are on the overrated list so you, the same thing can be stated about Pearl Jam their last five or six albums do not match their first four to five albums absolutely I don't know how Nirvana can really, really? be on that list they all 
they only made three albums. Uh-huh. So to me, like they were great, and then they died. So I, I don't know anything about those three Nirvana albums that you listen to them and think this is an overrated band. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I didn't get it. I mean, I was just thinking about the impact and everything like that. Um, you know, I, I don't agree with the Pearl Jam thing because I really think that Lightning Bolt is a fucking solid album. Um, oh, I like, I like them. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they yeah. are my favorite band for a reason, but right. it does not by any means match up to what 10 and Versus no. and Vitalogy yeah. were. I mean, it's completely. Like my passion for those three albums, like Lightning Bolt and Gigatron, uh, Binaural, some of those the the self title effort, none of those match those three albums in any way, shape, or form. Gotcha. Okay. Well, you know, I guess that wasn't. I expl- I expected a little more reaction out of you based on my. No, like I'm surprised. I, I'm not. And I'm, I'm not. It's not. I'm not passionate about this. Like I know that you do not like Pink Floyd, and I'm I'm okay with it, Mike. I'm, o- I'm right. okay. I cannot convince you otherwise. If you don't like them, you don't like them, and that's okay. I will state right. a couple other artists I had on my honorable mention: uh, Taylor Swift. She now has three albums that have won the Grammy's Best Album of the Year. I think that's ridiculous. She's she's won with a folk album, a pop album, and a country album. Yeah. I like Taylor Swift, but she's not that great that she can just no. switch genres whenever she wants and still pick up the album of the year. Uh, Shinedown, their last 16 singles have all gone to number one on the modern rock charts. I like Shinedown, but are you really trying to tell me every song they release? What is that noise, by the way? <laughs> What's happening? My air conditioner. Uh, I, st- I air stepped air outside. Con- yeah, okay. I stepped outside. Good, Good gravy. I thought we were at an airport all of a sudden. You're like no. directing traffic out on the airplane. Tarmac. No, I'm, I moved to the outdoors. Okay, since, the outdoor area. I, 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 did, I didn't need my notes anymore, so I okay. stepped out, you know, because I keep uh, my notes on my computer. Yeah, so anyway, I was going with my, my honorable mention. I, I think Shinedown's in there. I think Imagine Dragons are obviously in there. Yeah. Five, Finger, Five Finger Death Punch uh, definitely. is definitely in there. <laughs> and then the bands that everybody loves to hate. <laughs> Creed and Nickelback should be in there because Creed and Nickelback both sold in excess of like 50 million albums. Yeah. Uh, that That is uh, perfectly... And, and then there's a whole bunch of alt indie bands that I would put in my, my overrated list just because I think indie and alt to me is the most overrated genre there is in music. Yeah. I agree. I was surprised that you didn't name Led Zeppelin no. in your list. No, I wouldn't name him. What, what they brought to hard rock and heavy metal despite the fact that I don't listen to them, I understand right. their influence. Because based off of that, I would also include the Beatles because I've never been a huge Beatles fan. Um, but I, just because I'm not a fan, to me, doesn't mean that they're overrated. Yeah. It just means I... perhaps I have a poor palate. Well, no, I don't think you have a poor palate. <laughs> M- misguided, maybe. Not misguided, maybe. yeah. Hmm. Okay, well, that wraps up that the list this week, folks, and I apologize if you don't agree with our lists, but we're we're an opinion show, and we're gonna give our fucking opinions. Boom, that's it. Yeah, I don't have. I don't. What? No, you did well. Do we need? Do we need to talk about rock speculation? Because at this point, I just feel like yes, we're gonna continue. We're going to continue until they hook us up with a lineup, Mike. I did. I did see that you uh, tweeted them. I tweet them every day now. Oh, I did. I, I saw your reply. You, but I did. You, you told me I sound desperate. 
<laughs> I thought it was funny. Um, you know, hey, what, you want to meet for lunch? And I'm like, oh, why, don't you, I'm just, why don't you just start offering up sexual favors? I mean, I can't. I, I'm a married man, Mike. That's but right. I am willing to go out to lunch and dinner and perhaps just talk about some things. Well, hey, one I mean, of one of uh, one of Erica's friends is here right now, Mike, uh, visiting uh, Pearl for the first time, and she I, she got uh, she has VIP tickets to Louder Than Life. I'm a little jealous. Oh wow! Her, uh, her and her husband are got the VIP treatment. So they they got the VIP just based off the fact that Mudvayne and Machine Gun Kelly were announced. Uh, so they got it before the lineup dropped. Nice. Uh, I'm like I want I want to go to Louder Than Life now. I respect it. Did we talk about the Welcome to Rockville lineup? I don't think so. Man, we're going to have to hit on that. Welcome to Rockville. Did we talk about it? It wasn't released at this point when we talked about it on Tuesday, right? No. So we haven't talked about it. Ah, man, we got to talk about that. I know we're an hour and 25 minutes into it, but I mean, come on. This is right up a rally, right? Right. Definitely. I agree. Go for it. Uh, Well, let me find the lineup real quick. Um, it's in Daytona Beach in November. I don't know what the Daytona Beach weather is like in November. I'm sure it's fine. Uh, but right. I, to, in my opinion, this is one of the, the better lineups I've seen uh, so far. And their Thursday lineup um, is killer. And you're going to have to bear with me here as I try to find where the lineup is because I don't have it on me. Um, so th- the Thursday lineup is uh, Nine Inch Nails, Deftones, Cypress Hill, Stone Temple Pilots and Dead Sarah, yes. um, and that to me, I could, I, I just want to go for that particular day, um, and I, I follow one of the DWP um, main people who asked like for feedback, and I, I told him I, I would be perfectly happy just to go for that day and not go on any other fucking day of the week, um, because the rest, the lineup, even though it's really good. The Thursday lineup is fucking spectacular. Yeah. Um, the one of the surprises, I'm still trying to find this, by the way. One of the surprises is that Disturbed is on the lineup, and Disturbed uh, has they backed out of every single other festival out there, um, and they also backed out of their tour with Stained. Uh, so it was a surprise to see them on there. Uh, but uh, Friday is Metallica, Rob Zombie, Social Distortions, Chevelle. Pennywise, Beartooth. Um, Saturday is Disturbed, The Offspring, Stain, Lamb of God. And then Sunday is Metallica, Leonard Skinner, and Mudvayne. Jeez. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's... So let's go to Daytona in November. Why not? Why not? I mean, it's pretty fucking good. It's really you know, just with that... every, with With all these people that are releasing these concert lineups and... We haven't heard nothing from Rocklahoma. It's it's mm-hmm. almost to the point now where I'm just like, screw it, let's just go to one of these other ones. Yeah, if Rocklahoma's yeah. not gonna help us out, like let's go somewhere else. Let's go to let's do something else. I mean, right. was Dead you know, Sarah Dead was on Louder Than Life, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're playing on Friday at Louder Than Life. Uh, so I mean, the Rockville and um, there are a lot of similarities between Rockville and. Flatter than life, obviously the Metallica Nine Inch Nails uh, double bill wow. there. Um, you know, I, I think the Thursday, you know, we, we talked about the Louder Than Life Saturday 
where it's nine inch nails, Snoop Dogg and Machine Gun Kelly, that there's not a lot else out there on Saturday yeah. that you want to see. Um, they definitely made up for that with the nine inch nails, Deptone, Cypress Hill, Stunt Up a Pilot's uh, Dead Sarah for Thursday. Um, the Saturday lineup, you know, for Rockville Disturbed, The Offspring, Stain, Lamb of God, Asking Alexandra, Gore, Badfeller, Fever 333. Um, is okay, but again, it's not yeah. a great Saturday lineup. No. Um, and I almost would be okay with like having a rest day <laughs> between Metallica performances if I went on that particular day. But again, it, Denny Wimmer Presents does a great job of putting these lineups together. I have no doubt that all of these will eventually, we've already talked about Aftershock and um, uh, the incarceration are already sold out. I'm sure a lot yeah. of them like are welcome to Rockville or not far behind uh, with much bigger capacities. Um, so that's any other thoughts you have on that? No, I mean, besides the fact that obviously it's Memorial Day, the week leading up to Memorial Day week. And so maybe we will get a lineup, but I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to guesstimate anymore with Rock, Oklahoma because I've been wrong every single time. I don't know when it's coming. Uh, their silence—I—I I just don't know. Their their silence. We, we do know that they, the organizers, the the founders of Rocklahoma, have told the unofficial mayor of, of Rocklahoma, who is Lynn Hernandez, who used to work at KMOD in Tulsa, uh, that the reason why they're having delays is because of contract uh, based around COVID. However, no other festival is having this issue that we know of. Right. Um, right. And, and it's we, not that it's not like Oklahoma is known for being. Uh cautious about covid yeah oklahoma is a red state um so there's right. definitely no concerns in the state of oklahoma as to why rocklahoma uh, would be unable to provide a lineup I, I i seriously doubt we'd have to check with michael just to double check i don't think they're under any type of uh mask uh mandates no. or social distance protocols or capacity restrictions at this point I, I don't know what the issue is i can't speculate but i i, I just have a hard time believing what they're telling us is the reason why the delays are happening based on the fact that all these other festivals are out there. All right. Well, they better get their poop in a group. Let's get it. Poop in a group. I like it. Let's get it this week. Um, we've already stated we, we, we feel comfortable with the, the Friday lineup that uh, we have uh, provided Rocklahoma with, which yeah. is, and I'm trying to get to it. Um, I had to, uh, had to add a, uh, Dirty Honey in there. So the main stage, Five Finger Death Punch, Offspring, Chevelle, Dirty Honey, Candlebox, and Mammoth WVH. Uh, the side stage, headlined by POD Performing Satellite, um, 0936, Aaron Jones. Uh, I don't know who two other acts would be in there, but those who is who we have on Friday. I'm hoping to see Dead Sarah on the lineup. I think our headliners currently to go with Five Finger Death Punch is Slipknot and the Deftones slash Rob Zombie, which I think is still fine. We can still go with that. Uh-huh. And uh, we're just patiently waiting. There's there's really nothing new to add to that. Um, we'll see if it comes out this week. I don't know. There's been no indication that it's going to be. Well, I know Kathy is very highly anticipating the release of Rocklahoma. She's not going to go, but... Um... Oh, yeah, super stuff. Yeah, she super, said stoked. She's super, super stoked. You heard that. Super sweet. stoked. Yeah, super stoked. So, um, yeah, let's get some rise against. I want to see them. I don't know why I have an obsession with them right now, but I do. Um, Steel Panther. Yeah. Uh, Jackal. Buck Cherry. Jack, Jackal. Buck Cherry. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, might as well throw Skinner on there. Um, maybe some Kid Rock. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm sold. Let's go. All right, that's it. All right, that's all we got. Sweet. Well, uh, that pretty much wraps up this week. Um, sorry that we went an hour and a half, but talkative, you know, chatty Cathy's, as they would say. Right, chatty Cathy's. Um, so what uh, what do we have forward to? Blah 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 blah. What do we have to look forward to next week? Uh, so we do have the, the review we're going to do is I did not realize these were on the schedule, but Pop Evil released a new album last week. So we're going to okay. listen to the new Pop Evil in anticipation that they're going to be on Rocklahoma. Yep. Uh, also, also note that uh, Blackberry Smoke and DMX both have new albums coming out this week. I do want to throw that out there. Our uh, good band crappy album this week will be Limp Biscuits Gold Cobra from 2011. Oh, jeez. <laughs> i don't our, think i don't think i've ever listened to that one <laughs> and our list because of all this festival talk and maybe we'll be able to include rocklahoma in this list are our top five festival lineups of 2021 okay. which ones would we most want to attend if we had the means necessary unlimited funds and unlimited unlimited time. funds and unlimited time absolutely so that's I what we it. got moving ahead to this coming week when did lip biscuit release gold cobra 2011 gold it was cobra, their, that's what it's called re, yeah gold cobra it was the return album with the full band first album since i believe 2001 i think it was a decade Okay. Chocolate Starfish and Hot Dog Flavored Water was the last time yeah. that all five fellas were together in the same room making a studio album. Well, okay. Yeah, I can't see this as being uh, stellar, but just based <laughs> on the fact that you put on your list, and I know how much you love Limp Biscuit. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, looking forward to this one. It'll be a new experience. Maybe I'll love it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, why not? All right, then. Well, that pretty much wraps everything up. Um, look forward to next week. Give us a Rocklahoma lineup. You keep on tweeting them every single day. Um, every day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rate you on your tweets to them, so make sure you're okay. being creative. Right. Um, and, yeah, have yourself a wonderful Sunday, and we will talk soon. Thanks to everybody for listening. Take care. Have a good, have a good one. Goodbye. Goodbye.